Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. Hello and welcome to the October edition of First Look ETF. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. We are glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, managing the risk of rising interest rates. We'll look at one segment of the bond market for ETF investors that sometimes gets overlooked, floating rate bonds. Plus, we'll analyze new ETFs from Alliance Bernstein and NEOS Investments targeting the bond market. But first, let's get a quick recap of new ETF launches on the NYSE. We've got Douglas Jonas with the New York Stock Exchange joining us from the exchange. Hi, Doug. It's great to see you. Bring us up to speed on the latest ETF launch activity. Yeah. Hi, Stephanie. It's great to be back. And look, September was an amazing month here at the New York Stock Exchange. 52 brand new ETFs launched into the U.S. markets this past month, bringing in $800 million in new assets. And if you look throughout the year, the pace just really hasn't slowed down. 315 ETFs have launched this year, bringing in over $30 billion in new assets under management. And by all accounts, it's been a really tough market. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, today on the show, we're talking a lot about bond ETFs. We're seeing a lot of investors taking a stronger interest in bonds for obvious reasons. Um, What other notable trends in the ETF market are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, the growth of ETFs, we keep talking about it here. There's now over 3,000 ETFs in the U.S. market with about $6 trillion invested. And a little over half of the launches this year have been actively managed. What we're really seeing is new entrants to the market, a lot of which you'll cover today, but we're also seeing really unique and interesting ways to play the market. So a lot of investors right now thinking about rising interest rate environment, thinking about how do they increase income in a portfolio. Some of these other nuances that ETFs can really help with, and I'm really excited for the rest of the show because you're going to cover a lot of these unique trends and things that we're all thinking about when we're watching the markets go up and down each day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, capital preservation on everyone's mind, but also people looking to still continue to try to, you know, get some growth wherever they can. So it's really exciting times. You know, we continue to see growth. We continue to see innovation. I mean, these are the themes at the New York Stock Exchange for over 230 years. So we're glad to be a part of it. All right, Douglas Jonas, thank you so much. It's good to see you. Great. See you next month. And just a quick reminder that you can now watch First Look ETF on Amazon Fire TV and Roku. So be sure to check us out there. Also, we simulcast First Look ETF on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and other major podcasting platforms. So be sure to check us out there. 
The coordinated slide in both stocks and bonds has been unsettling, and it's triggered some investors to revisit their fixed income strategies. Alliance Bernstein has introduced a pair of bond ETFs with a fresh approach. Joining us now is Noel Archard, the global head of ETFs and portfolio solutions. Hi, Noel. It's good to have you here. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Great to be here. Okay, so with about $640 billion in assets under management, Alliance Bernstein has been a leader in actively managed strategies across multiple investment categories. And now it's making that expertise available in an ETF wrapper, ticker symbol Taffy and Year are recent additions to your ETF lineup. Do you expect ETFs to become a bigger part of your firm's active offerings? Absolutely. Um, you know, we really like the vehicle, the structure of the vehicle and all the benefits that it can bring to investors. And when we take some of our active strategies and put that within that vehicle, we think we're bringing our best thinking and bringing it into the market in a way that makes it very uh, easy to, to access for our clients. You know, the swift decline in bonds has caused more investors to revisit their fixed income investments. The AB Ultra Short Income ETF, which is year, that's the ticker symbol, takes a unique approach to how it actually invests in bonds. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, as we looked at the year ahead, uh, as we headed into this year and we're thinking about products we wanted to bring to the market, we, we figured there was going to be some volatility this year, a good likelihood of a rising rate environment really um, went much further than we thought in many ways. And so uh, our focus on the ultra short space, um, you know, I'm happy that that we went down that path. What we wanted to focus on with year was something that was just under one year duration. This was uh, a gap that we had in our lineup. We have a lot of income products from our fixed income team, a lot of expertise, but we didn't have something within that range. So we focused on that one year duration. We really want to get that intersection of yield and stability and liquidity in the portfolio. So focus on the liquid end, but make sure that we're getting in a decent amount of, of yield. And I think one of the hallmarks of the way that we manage fixed income, it's not so much or it's not just about what you buy for the portfolio as what you don't buy. What do you want to avoid? Because some bonds, maybe you'll get a little uptick in yield, but they don't do as well when liquidity dries up. And so we are avoiding certain parts of that, uh, of that really short duration part of the spectrum in order to make sure we're giving liquidity, stability and yield for our investors through year. So on that note, then, how do you see year being deployed by investors and financial advisors within an overall portfolio? Yeah, we're seeing it in a few different ways. One is just, you know, if you just need to put cash to work, I think a lot of investors are sitting here trying to figure out, um, you know, it seems a little more clear we're going to be in fight inflation mode, particularly in the U.S. for, for some period of time. But there's concerns about recession. There's some desire to keep powder dry. When you look at the ultra short end of the spectrum where you could be you know, seeing yields you know, above 4% um, for very little movement within the, uh, within the market price, that can be pretty appealing. So somewhere to, to put money while they're contemplating how to invest it, but also uh, an area where they can just make it part of their long-term investment as opposed to having just a pure cash play, something with a little bit more yield, but still has some stability in it. So we're seeing it um, used in a multitude of ways, both short-term and long-term portfolio holding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for years, investors have gotten used to seeing double digit gains. Now, you know, people seem to be happy with if I can make three or four percent. What has that been like from your perspective as money manager um, to see investor sort of expectations change like that? 
Yeah, well, it's it's been a, a pretty wild ride. I mean, if you think about it, even in that short end of the curve over, you know, a year back, you were earning nothing on it, basically. So suddenly you can be earning 4%. Um, so there's a lot of rethinking of how does the allocation fit in the portfolio, controlling what you can control. One of the other products we put out, Taffy is the ticker, is a, is a short duration tax aware municipal product. Same thing, focus on that after tax return, um, because you're not really sure, again, if you're going into a recession, every value is even more important. If you're in an inflationary period, every dollar is more important. So think about your yield, think about things you can control like the tax situation. So we really are seeing shifts in portfolios. Um, we saw $12 billion in the ultra short flows in the US just in September, about 42 billion um, over the last year. So, so that money is definitely going into those ultra short products with the thought of either a defensive uh, posture or just sort of waiting uh, for the opportunities to arise and having some money that's still earning something to be able to deploy. Yeah, makes a lot of sense in this environment. All right, Noel, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Bond investors have a lot to consider these days, generating income, managing market volatility, and the risk of rising interest rates. Well, here to discuss this and more is Brian Giuliano with PGM Fixed Income. Hi, Brian. It's great to have you with us. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. As you know, indexes tied to the U.S. bond market are having one of the worst years on record. And there's a lot of ETF assets pegged to these benchmarks. Do you think an active instead of a passive approach in the current market environment is warranted? Absolutely, we do, Stephanie. Uh, Here at PGM Fixed Income, we focus on actively managed fixed income product. Um, We think that fixed income is a very different asset class than equities, especially as it relates to active versus passive uh, management styles. Um, the leveraged loan market specifically uh, is a very diverse marketplace with over 1,700 borrowing companies um, that tap our marketplace uh, for um, for loans for various reasons for their companies, whether it's um, for financing for capital expenditures or leveraged buyouts or things like that. Um, there is a lot of differentiation between these these borrowers, and they come from every industry imaginable. So uh, we believe that credit selection, having the ability to do some deep fundamental research on each one of these companies, their management teams, the durability of their businesses through various cycles uh, in the in the economies um, is very important and differentiates uh, managers and also gives us the ability to outperform the benchmark. So ticker symbol PFRL is among your firm's recent ETF additions. It's an actively managed fund that targets floating rate bonds. Tell us more about the fund strategy and why floating rate bonds might be a good place for fixed income investors right now. Absolutely. Um, this is a rising rate environment. Uh, everyone sees it out there. Uh, there is some question as to how much longer of a rising rate environment we will see. Um, there are many different opinions on that. Um, I won't address that today. But as central banks around the world have tightened monetary policy and rates have risen, uh, traditional fixed income has underperformed. So anything with longer duration has underperformed. For example, high yield funds are down around 12% this year. The investment grade marketplace is down somewhere between 7 to 20%, depending on how long that duration is within those funds. Floating rate loans, um, the type of loans that we buy for our new ETF, um, is only down 2% this year. And in fact, higher quality loans, going back to our previous point about picking the right credits in the right economic environment, are actually up, posting a positive return year to date as of today. So a really interesting time for floating rate fixed income product where you can actually benefit from rising rates. And what I mean by that is the way that 
floating rate loans work in our marketplace is that you get a base rate that's based upon LIBOR or SOFR, approximately equal to the Fed funds rate, which is projected to be around 4% by year end, uh, maybe four and a quarter percent by the first quarter of 23. And then you add on top of that a credit spread. So the coupon payments, uh, the dividend payments that our investors receive um, are approaching seven to eight percent by year end. And that's on a current basis. Uh, and that's uh, very differentiated than any other asset class out there right now on an unlevered fund basis. So we think it's a really interesting product and has a very interesting income profile uh, for investors looking for that cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are impressive returns given everything that's going on. Um, so how do you see PFRL and PGM active strategies then being used inside a diversified portfolio? Absolutely. And thank you for asking that. Um, here at PGM, we're committed to offering the core capabilities from our investment teams um, and doing that in ETF form as we are very aware that that is a popular investment option uh, for many folks in today's market as flows move away from traditional uh, mutual fund um, in, into the ETF uh, wrapper or format. Um, we have five offerings right now in actively managed fixed income ETFs. Um, we're, we're very happy to add this PFRL, floating rate um, ETF, to our stable. Um, and our offerings range from a fairly conservative, ultra short duration offering uh, that trades under PULS. Uh, it's one of the top selling uh, funds in the marketplace um, to more high yielding strategies, such as our loan fund or a total return bond fund, which trades under PTRB. Uh, and our active high yield fund, which trades under PHYL. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for sharing more about your ETFs. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much. Aggressive interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve have triggered volatility, not just in the stock market, but in the bond market. Well, here to discuss how bond investors can navigate these choppy waters is Garrett Paolella, the co-founder at Neos Investments. Hi, Garrett. It's great to have you with us. Hi, Stephanie. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me today. Okay, before we talk about your firm's latest bond ETFs, let's talk a little bit more about volatility in the bond market, which has certainly shaken some investors. We've seen broadly diversified bond funds. They've fallen right alongside stocks. Do you think investors are starting to reassess their bond strategies? Yeah, thanks. It's, it's a very interesting topic. Um, and absolutely uh, would be my answer. I think as you look at overall just core bond funds um, and underlying U.S. aggregate bond indexes, you know, they're down around an average of 14 percent year to date. Um, but what's also interesting is that their average volatility compared to the historical is up almost three times that amount. Right. Which is really the inverse or the opposite of what investors you know, utilize uh, their bond and their fixed income parts of their portfolio for. Those investors tend to be a little bit older, um, either nearing or reaching or in you know, retirement. And so whether in that type of volatility, plus those types of drawdowns, you know, compared to earning somewhere around, a, you know, even a two and a half percent yield um, at this point, even with the latest rate hikes, um, you know, core bonds, uh, bond allocations in general have just been much harder uh, to manage in their portfolios. And I think that certainly makes uh, investors look to reassessing what they're doing in their bond portfolios. How do they reallocate to either, um, you know, better funds, ways to, you know, increase their income, um, you know, or weather some of that volatility. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive into your offerings. The NEOS Enhanced Income Aggregate Bond ETF. The ticker on that is BNDI. And then we have the NEOS Enhanced Income Cash Alternative ETF. The ticker there, CSHI. Those are your firm's latest additions. Tell us more about these funds and then how they compare to each other. Sure, uh, would love to. So here at NEOS, um, we take a data-driven approach to investing. Um, and what does that really mean is we look to find ways to take your core asset allocation buckets, um, mitigate risk, um, try to enhance income. And how we do that is usually looking at a variety of different option-based strategies. And so when you look at our BNDI ETF, we're long your um, U.S. aggregate bond um, indexes uh, and ETFs to give you a core bond exposure. But then we overlay what we feel is a conservative um, data-driven option strategy to seek to generate an additional 2 to 3% uh, return on income so that your distribution um, as of last month for BNDI right, was north of 5% versus what you're getting in your core BND, you know, or ag type exposure, where it's closer to about two and a half percent. So the idea is that we want to, you know, look at the risk and the volatility profile of that underlying um, asset. So for BNDI, you know, that's aggregate bond exposure. For CSHI, um, we're actually long zero to three month treasuries. And so, which has been a great investment more recently as the, you know, short end of the curve has really picked up you know, given the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes recently. But what that allows us to do is is earn, you know, the current go forward of over 3% um, on a on a 90-day U.S. Treasury, you know, that has its tax efficiencies, you know, to it being uh, government issued. And then we, again, we overlay a data-driven option strategy, you know, that seeks to generate 1% to 2%, you know, above Treasuries. You know, so that fund for us right now um, is yielding approximately 4%, you know, with a core underlying exposure to treasuries. So these two investments give you a yield enhancement um, against what you're normally allocated to in your portfolio, but getting to those types of investments that you're used to seeing in your investments being, you know, aggregate bonds and or, you know, cash ultra short duration, um, you know, or just straight up treasuries. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, on that note, how, how would you see these ETFs being used inside an overall diversified portfolio? Tell us a little bit more details on that. Sure. So we view that as, as two ways. You can either look at it as a full replacement to your core bond. So BNDI fitting you know, squarely in where your bond you know, risk is. When we add our income overlays to that, we want to ensure that those, um, those income overlays are matching what the risk profile is uh, to those underlying investments. So we view BNDI as a core fixed income replacement. Um, or for some people, if they're looking just to enhance um, some level of, uh, of income in their portfolio out of their core bonds, then they'd use a portion of that um, out of that bond allocation. And then uh, CSHI is, is a cash or ultra short duration uh, replacement. So instead of being in either money market, ultra short duration you know, bond product, um, or just treasuries, or frankly sitting in cash, which actually a lot of uh, you know, investors and allocators have been doing lately, um, you know, this is a replacement to be able to earn you know, a, a, a good tax efficient income um, without just being sitting in cash or having the credit risk you know, that you can see in some of the ultra short um, you know, duration bond products. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, Garrett Paolilla, thank you so much for stopping by joining us here on First Look ETF. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate it. All right, that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comments section below and go ahead and hit that like button. 
A big thanks to all of our guests, along with Douglas Jonas at the New York Stock Exchange. Be sure to check out homeofetfs.com to learn more there. And don't forget to watch First Look ETF at Amazon Fire TV and Roku. Plus, you can always listen to the podcast version of the show. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and other major podcasting platforms. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.